Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila. And today we are recording the second episode of the 2024 year, but also the first Cubs episode of the year. And I am so excited to start this off and talk Cubs baseball because it's definitely one of my favorite things to do. Um, And it's an especially exciting episode because Cubs fans, we have news. We have emergency news that is crazy to me because I was going to record this episode earlier and then the this news broke and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to at least include this. So I'll just start it off, start off the episode with a big hit. The Cubs have reached a tentative deal with Shota Imanaga the lefty starter out of Japan. This is pending a physical that will happen on Thursday, and then we will receive the confirmation and all of the details about the contract. But Cubs fans, let's go! This is what we wanted and this is what we needed. The Cubs haven't had a big league signing since actually they've only had this is now the second one that they've had. They've only had one, which we'll talk about um, later on in the episode. But this is a huge move for the Cubs. This is a pitcher who, compared to Yamamoto, was definitely under the radar. Um, There were a few teams interested in him, one of them being the Angels, um, a few teams here and there. But I think the Red Sox were also in on him. But at the end of the day, the Cubs were kind of at the head of the pack and pulled the trigger and here we are. And I am very excited. Um, I think this is great news. He is a lefty starter, like I mentioned, adds another guy to the rotation, which is crucial, which is definitely what the Cubs need. Um, Honestly, really, really happy about this signing. In 2023, Imanaga ended the season, his Japanese season, with a 2.66 ERA in 159 innings, and he completed 188 strikeouts as well. He did play on the Japan WBC team that ultimately did win the WBC and ended up striking out seven batters with no walks, all in six innings. So this guy definitely has the stuff. He's a low 90s kind of pitcher, um, but I definitely do like what I see. Obviously, we will go more into detail once we find out um, some of the details about the contract and about him and kind of see how everything goes. Spring training is almost starting, so super exciting Cubs news. Um, now come all the question marks, like what what does this mean now? So definitely something to talk about, and I am excited to get into it. But yeah, definitely wanted to start off the episode with that because I think that was like the biggest news Um that has broken in a while for the Cubs ever since they signed Craig Council. So super exciting news. Can't wait for the rest of the offseason because honestly, like this is what the Cubs needed. And finally, we got a signing and definitely think the good vibes are in the air. But without further ado, let's officially start this podcast episode. Um, And we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about the Cody Bellinger rumors, uh, the Cubs first major league pickup, who's left on the free agent market, as well as who's eligible to be traded, Um, some of my predictions, and then what we can expect for the Cubs in hopefully the near future. So let's kick it off with Cody Bellinger, because I think that's kind of the biggest topic out of the four here. And the rumors are definitely, definitely flourishing. 
Cody Bellinger is a player who is rumored to sign with a couple of teams right now, but as of now, the Cubs are definitely those heavy favorites. Other teams like the Blue Jays, the Giants, and maybe even the Yankees are definitely in on him. Could All all of those teams could use an outfielder, um, but nevertheless, he performed well at Wrigley. He provided not only for himself, but for his team as well, and I definitely think that the Cubs noticed the improvements and how he um, made a big, big impact in that lineup, especially being a lefty bat, which as of now, since he isn't on the team, the Cubs don't have. So definitely, um, I believe Cody Bellinger is at the top of the priority list for them and should be at the top as well. So Cody Bellinger did have a rebuild year last year in Wrigley. He came to Wrigley to kind of get out of the environment of LA and start fresh, start new, and get back to the MVP caliber player that he once was, and he definitely did that. He ended 2023 with a 307 batting average, 97 RBIs, only 87 strikeouts with an OPS of .881. Now, this was the second highest batting average out of all of the NL outfielders, as well as a fourth best OPS among the NF, amongst the NL outfielders as well. He also posted his best F4 since his MVP campaign, so that was out of 4.1. And the biggest improvement for Cody Bellinger was his ability to adjust his approach at the plate. This season, he ended with up with a strikeout rate of 15.6%. Compared to last season, he cut 11.6% from 2022. So definitely his ability to adjust his batting stance and the way, you know, he begins his bat-to-ball contact was super, super important and I believe made a big difference in the player that he was in 2023. So I think you could argue that this is probably one of his best seasons, you know, other than his MVP run. So besides the strikeout rate, um, he was 2023 NL Comeback Player of the Year. So add that to the list. Um, And again, this is a guy that the Cubs definitely do need on their team. The Cubs are in need of a lefty bat. And there honestly aren't too many left on the free agent market. A big obstacle in the road for this negotiation to happen is probably the fact that Cody Bellinger does want a long-term contract. Um, Coming off of the year he had, it's, you know, expected, and it's honestly respectable as well. But the Cubs are a team that sometimes they don't like to come in, and they don't like to sign long contracts. Obviously, you have the exceptions of Dansby Swanson. Um, And we saw, you know, the Jason Hayward contract as well, or you can even say John Lester, right? But the Cubs usually do not sign... It's rare for them to sign a contract for more than five years. They usually are kind of a two to three year kind of contract team. Um, And that could be because of the prospects and their farm system right now is really good and is looking healthy as well. And we do know that this is a farm system that also does have a lot of really good outfielders. PCA, Brennan Davis, um, guys who are not at the level to come up yet, but you know, we can see them in maybe a season or two making their debut at Wrigley and signing Cody Bellinger to a long-term contract can maybe affect the timing of Jed's plan, you know. So I do think that maybe that is something that's could be stopping this negotiation from happening because I do think the Cubs are at the front of this um, 
I guess, fight for Cody Bellinger and are looking like the perfect team for him as well. But it's just a matter of fact of for how many years are you going to have him on the team because he's not going to do another one-year deal. Um, I do think it has to be more than three years. If I was him, I would I would definitely sign for more than three, um, if not at least three. But are the Cubs ready to sign that knowing that they have a few prospects who could be ready in a matter of a couple of years. So things like that definitely um, are questions. And honestly, we'll just see what happens at this point. Um, But yeah, so I do think that Cody Bellinger is a perfect fit on this team. And I do know that Cubs fans feel the same way and definitely getting anxious about this um, negotiation happening just because of, you know, it's, it's nice to see Cody Bellinger be in a Cubs uniform again because of the season he had last season. It's like him coming to Chicago and just completely flipping the page, flipping the chapter even, and just like starting fresh and starting new. You want to see it continue, obviously, in the pinstripes, the right pinstripes for that matter. So I do think Cody Bellinger should be a Cub, and I, I honestly could see it happen as well. Moving on. The Cubs did have their first Major League pickup recently. They claimed catcher Brian Servin off of waivers from the Rockies, so that makes their roster at 38 at the time. Um, This is the third catcher that they've signed this offseason. The other two, Joe Hudson and Jorge Alfaro, were both signed to minor league contracts. Um, But for Servin, he hasn't had much playing time. He's spent about two years in the league, has six career homers, and a career OPS of .592. So really not much to look at there, but hey, at least it was the first major league signing because they were the only team, you know, without one. So it does feel good to get that out of the way um, and kind of end that drought. And honestly, it is a good backup. With Tucker Barnhart not on the team anymore, um, having Jan Gomes as primarily, he's probably going to be the starting catcher um you know knock on wood that anything happens at least you have some backups and you at least have some guys to rely on and I always feel like the backup catcher position was always a struggle for the Cubs so kind of wanting that to maintain stable I think may be really important this year um so yeah so not mad about it obviously nothing like super eye-opening or jaw-dropping but hey It's a major league pickup. That's what we could celebrate right now. Moving on, let's talk about some free agents who are left and some guys who could be traded. Um, Let's start off with Blake Snell. Blake Snell, a lefty starter, definitely had himself a season last year, ending with a 2.25 ERA, 234 strikeouts, um, a 14-9 record with 15 home runs, 99 walks, 45 earned runs. He, w- he is a two-time Cy Young Award winner, once in 2018 and recently in 2023. Um, he's a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher. Could you argue that he only had two good seasons? Mm, yes, I think you could. Is he one of the, and like also borderline, only good pitchers still available on the market? A little bit, yeah. Should the Cubs sign him? Uh, I don't know. I think he's a good pitcher, but looking at the stats, he led the league in walks last year, which is a big thing. With that, it puts a lot of pressure on your defense. That's not really a concern to me. 
knowing our infields and knowing you have Dance Me and Nico up the middle. So I don't think that should be too much of a problem, but it also gets to the point of like how many line drives can you afford? How many blooper singles can you afford until it's like, okay, this guy isn't giving us anything. And above all, kind of the biggest red flag is that he doesn't pitch a lot of innings either. Um, The Cubs last season relied heavily on their bullpen um, because they ultimately had to. So I guess they don't, obviously you don't want to be in the same situation again starting this season. Um, That's, you know, another thing about Blake Snell that may be a problem. If he is signed, I don't think long-term is the way to go, and I also don't think it would happen. I think if he is signed, he maybe get that one-year deal um, because of all of the, you know, red flags. I do think it, 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 it is kind of a flashy sign because he's a guy who could be a hit or miss. He doesn't really have stability. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't think this is necessarily what the Cubs are looking for right now, and especially with the Imanaga signing now, um... This means a lot of things because now you have you have a lefty starter. Could you get Blake Snell on the team for a low price for only a year, maybe two, but I, I really do just want to stay a year and be okay with it because you have Justin Steele, you have Jamison Tyone, Kyle Hendricks, um, now Imanaga. That's four. Adding Blake Snell... You have that fifth guy in the rotation who could be a hit or miss at times, but for the most part could get you strikeouts, you know, but could also make your defense play a lot. So it it really is like a tit for tat situation. I don't think he's the best pitcher out there, but the Cubs have missed on Glass now now. They've missed on Yamamoto now. They've missed on Shohei Otani. So really it's like who who's left and what can we do with who is out there? That's how I see it. Moving on, let's talk about some infield. Guys, Matt Chapman could be eligible, is eligible to be traded. He is a steady third base guy, and this is someone that the Cubs need. Currently, third base is a huge question mark. Master Boney played a few games there. It wasn't too good. Patrick Wisdom has recently shown that he's not really an everyday guy. Nick Madrigal isn't an everyday guy either, so you don't really have somebody consistently at third base nor first base. I'll get into that later, but it's it's crucial to have someone there. Matt Chapman kind of reminds me of Max Muncie. He's gonna give you the he's gonna give you the power, and he's fairly consistent. You know, there he does go through his struggles, but I do think he's a leader type of guy and somebody who could mesh well with Dansby and Nico in the infield. Now, all of the guys who can currently play third base on this Cubs team are currently guys that don't have big bats. They can't really hit consistently. There's not a lot of power there. I guess you could argue wisdom, but he's really proven to be kind of a strikeout guy lately. Matt Chapman is that power guy. Career-wise, he has a 240 batting average. He's hit 426 RBIs um, with a slugging rate of 0.461 and an OPS of 0.79. Last year, he slugged 0.424 with an OPS of 0.754 um, and had 17 home runs. His numbers have declined since Oakland, but uh, these numbers are still kind of top tier, in my opinion. Now, he will give you the power with the bat as a third baseman, which is definitely something that the Cubs need and currently don't have. 
Although he does have his flaws and the recent declines, I think he could be a really big addition in the infield and like I said, just mesh well with the other players as well. I think it is really important to have at least one, like, at least to have somebody stable at the corners. Matt Chapman will give you that stability. Um, the athleticism is is there as well. So I would like to see Matt Chapman in a Cubs uniform. Moving on, let's talk about Reese Hoskins. So another guy who is a free agent. The Cubs don't also have a stable first baseman. Matt Mervis has proved to be that he's not at that level yet. If Cody Bellinger does sign with the Cubs, he could play first base. But besides that, I guess you can have Patrick Wisdom, but that's going to be like on a rotation basis. And I also don't think Cody Bellinger would agree to play first. And I don't think they want to put him there either. Again, first base is not a place where you want to have guys on a rotation. Now, Reese Hoskins is coming off of a recent championship win. He's another power guy, and the Cubs do need that pop. He hit 27-plus home runs in all four seasons, in which he played more than 100 games. He is coming off of that season-ending injury in 2023. He didn't even play a single game in the regular season, got hurt in spring training um, because he did tear his ACL in his left knee. So there is that, you know, there is a risk of not fully recovering. He is in his early 30s, but... You know, I do think he's a guy that could come back, and I'm not too worried about it. Maybe not a super long contract, but I also wouldn't be mad if this is like a five-year deal. He's a guy that could play first base, and with his injury, maybe you don't want to, you know, strain him too much and put him in the outfield. Makes sense. Keeping him at first, I think could be really, really good, not only for him, but obviously the team as well. I think Reese Hoskins could be a sneaky move for the Cubs and honestly end up benefiting them. I mean, we saw how Eric Hosmer didn't work out. Trey Mancini didn't work out. Reese Hoskins is different. These Phillies guys are different. So I I do like Reese Hoskins to the Cubs, and I hope that that does happen. Moving on, let's talk about a pitcher, Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery is coming off of that Texas Rangers World Series win. So that means a lot of teams are knocking at his door. Again, the Cubs could use another starting pitcher. He is better than Blake Snell, but he does want a long contract. Maybe the Cubs could offer something like John Lester, you know, six years, um, $150 million. I do think, you know, he deserves more than that, but maybe that could kind of work out. I think... Jordan Montgomery is a little bit of a long shot, but I'm not doubting it yet because he is a tremendous pitcher. Ended last year with a 2.79 ERA um, in 67.2 innings with only 21 earned runs and 58 strikeouts and only walked 13 guys. So he is coming off one of the best seasons of his career, and I do like him a lot more than Snell. And if you were to get one of these two pitchers, I think Jordan Montgomery is the way to go. Another guy that I do quickly want to mention that has been kind of um, rumored to be talking with the Cubs, but that's kind of gone away recently. Shane Bieber is another guy who could be traded. I do not not like that. Like, wait, (laughs) I'm trying to phrase phrase this. Uh, I'm not mad about it. I think Shane Bieber could work well. Uh, I think this Imanaga signing definitely changes a lot of things. But I 
would, you know, would be happy with a Shane Bieber trade. But it does depend, you know. I've heard some talks about Christopher Morel moving. I think maybe that's a little too ambiguous. I don't think... Hmm, I think if you're going to trade Christopher Morel, I don't think it should be for Shane Bieber, nor do I think it should be this year as well. Just because there's not really a lot of free agents on the market who are worth the athleticism and also how young Christopher Morel is too I don't think he's a good trading piece yet I would wait just one more year but anyways I do think you know Shane Bieber would be nice in the Cubs but this is something that's kind of gone away um, in the past few days and weeks so yeah with that let's move on to the end of this episode with predictions and what we can expect so it was reported recently I think this was yesterday that the Cubs have made significant offers to Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, and Reese Hoskins. So as a Cubs fan, you're definitely excited right now because you do know that there's an offer on the table. Um, And all, does this really mean anything? I mean, not really. But, you know, for the most part, it is nice to know that, hey, we did our part. Hopefully we can keep the talks going. I do expect and I do want a signing by CubsCon. CubsCon is this weekend for Cubs fans. Um, and I do think it would <laughs> boost the morale in the room um, if the Cubs end up going against getting someone. Obviously, this Imanaga trade is really big. So, or trade, I'm sorry. Imanaga signing is really big. Um, like I said earlier, it is satisfying to know that offers have been made um, because the time is ticking. Spring training is going to be here before we know it. And obviously, these guys need to be tested with physicals, um, you know, going through the process of making the 40 man, especially under a new coach. This is a guy who has never coached anybody on this team before or worked with anybody on this team. So, This is definitely going to be a learning experience for everyone, and it's definitely obviously better to set out the team earlier than later. Um, Another thing I want to talk about, with the fallout of Otani, Yamamoto, and Glasnow, it's definitely been tough. But I do think we need to flip the page and just get back on it. Obviously, the Cubs were, I would like to say, like heavily involved in all three of those guys and unfortunately it just didn't work out and you know that's the way it is but getting Imanaga really good and I hope that they continue to just spend where need money needs to be spent that's the most important thing so the most important positions need to be addressed this includes the starting like a starting pitcher Imanaga perfect moving on power at the corners Ideally, you want both third base and first base to be insured and filled sufficiently, but honestly, at this point, I'd take one as well. A Chapman and Hoskins addition would be honestly a stellar infield, but you could argue that it's almost borderline toy box situation, you know, where you have a bunch of players mixed up, the puzzle pieces don't really match, but we won't know until we get there, and honestly, I think that they're two guys who are reliable and stable and I don't think it should be a problem and those those are really I mean I guess you could argue Pete Alonso is on the market but at this point we really don't know I think Reese Hoskins and Matt Chapman are looking really clear for the Cubs right now I think out of all of the guys that are out there I really want to see Matt Chapman and Reese Hoskins just because the corners of the infield worry me a lot um So, yeah, 
And also, you know, we have prospects that aren't ready yet. So let's not rush them. That's why I think maybe a one or two year deal with Reese Hoskins, maybe a little bit longer with Matt Chapman wouldn't be that bad or detrimental to the, what the whatever the plan is with the prospects. Uh, we need to get a few arms in the pen. Josh Hader would be nice and maybe, you know, connections with Craig Council maybe even, um, but it is kind of hard to imagine. Again, do need a couple of arms in the pen. The last thing I want to touch on, the NL division, the NL Central, may be another stringy division again. So there's a chance for the crown. The Cardinals have made few to little additions. Good chance things may not work out their way again. The Brewers have made really no significant moves. They lost their coach, which was kind of really on their only upper hand. The Reds are really the only team that could maybe be a threat in this division and maybe be sneaky good. The Pirates, I'm going to leave it at that because, you know, the Pirates are kind of just there. So, this is a division that is really up for grabs, and if the Cubs want to take it, it is an easier division. Um, you know, these central divisions aren't super competitive these days, so go out and take it, and go out and win the division, get to the playoffs, make make a mark, because last year was difficult, and last year could have been something special, and obviously it didn't work out in our favor. This year... We have a new chance. Obviously, it starts with a coach, and I'm excited to see what happens because, again, this is a this is a division that's up for grabs. So, um, it should be exciting, and it should honestly be competitive as well. So, with that comes the end of this Cubs episode for the week. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Um, I will be at CubsCon this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, so if you're going, I hope you have a lot of fun. And if you aren't going, um, it will be on streaming on Marquee. So make sure to go check that out. Um, and I will also be posting on my Instagram and Twitter, which are in the podcast bio section. So if you want to check that out as well, again, thank you guys so much for listening and you will hear from me soon. Bye.